Hello everybody and welcome back to Dial Femme for Murder, episode 11. 11 of I, the true crime podcast for the girls, gays and theys. The girls, gays and theys. And anybody I, else who wants to listen, we are an inclusive space. We are, unless you're like a straight white man, then go away. Unless you're a Trump supporter or a COVID denier. Yeah, if you're a COVID denier, go away. Controversial. Um, I, I just want to like preface, I just want everyone to know... A lot of our listeners are like around the world, you know, we're global, honey. Mm-hmm. Um, the weather in England is absolutely vile. And by vile, I mean, it's really fucking hot and really fucking humid. And yeah. the pollen is spreading faster than the Delta variant. Like, honestly, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. My hay fever is unbelievable. Yeah, mine is too. I keep waking up with a sore throat. I've yeah. got a blocked ear. Uh-huh. Um, I've got like... I, I'm not really like, I only really have the sniffles, but I've just got like. That feel feeling. Up. Yeah, that yeah. feeling. Like, listen, I can breathe yeah. fine. Sorry, gross everyone, but I can breathe <laughs> fine, but I'm like proper blocked. And I woke up this morning at like three in the morning and I sneezed like 12 times in a row. And they oh weren't just, they weren't just, <laughs> they were like, <laughs> like proper, like. Oh my God. Uh, unbelievably loud. <laughs> sorry for anybody's eardrums. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at in the UK. We're feeling moist. I can't have my window open because there are some local children running around being little rapscallions outside. I know. And I, I can't know. have my fan on because all you can hear is in the background. So And my neighbours have mm. decided that now the sun's gone down, they're going to start doing gardening work with the strimmer. Yeah. So, so just just know that while we're having this conversation, we are currently trez trez moist. Yes. And there's a lot of like summer ambience, British summer ambience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sc- Screaming and strimmers. Absolutely. So how have you been this week, apart from, you know, sweating our lives out? I've been good. I've been good. We received our first hate comment. Oh, my God. Tell me. Tell me. Oh, I Um, love a good hate comment. So I obviously have been using TikTok to promote the podcast because mm-hmm. I somehow managed to get like 80,000 people following me, but I feel like they were 80,000 of, of maybe the wrong people. I don't no, know. It's because you're a fucking superstar. Of... That's why you're a fucking superstar. That's true. But it's a lot of, you know, I think because I posted a mystery story yeah. on um, TikTok and a lot of people have um, decided that it and not just like a, a funny mystery story that's like entertaining. Yeah. Um, so I've got quite a lot of like... Uh, anti-vaxxers and a lot of like real kind of hardcore conspiracy theory people following me now which which i'm sorry but i think if i think people should i think the people that have have you know um tuned into this podcast through tiktok and you know they're gonna know the vibe it's called the podcast for the girls the gays and the lays exactly but this person left a a comment Mm. I'm basically saying, like, not impressed. Uh, 15 minutes of waffling on at the beginning. And it's like, okay, well, that's kind of uh, what the podcast is. Yeah. Um, and maybe we, I thought, like, maybe we should just kind of say, for anybody that's new to listening, the structure of the podcast is that me and Martin will kind of, like, do a little bit of snark about uh-huh. pop culture things, uh-huh. what's been going on in the news. Yep. For, like, the first... 10 to 17 minutes of the podcast. Very precise, yes. Exactly. And then um, after that, we will do basically like usually an hour of the case that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, we have a segment called Take a Break where we kind of like pick like a a, a funny, um, quirky story that we found in the pages of Gossip Magazine. Yeah. And that's that's the gist of the podcast, basically. Um, so if if that's not what you're looking for, then I'm sure that you can find podcasts out there that um, if if you want grit, if for. you want grit, if you want real, if you want full gory details, I recommend exactly. Sword and Stone. Sword and Scale. No, Sword and Stone is a Sword Disney movie. Stone. 
sword and scale no it's like a cartoon yeah i think maybe he's in it but the the wizard turns into a fish and there's a voluptuous squirrel it's great yeah all of that Um, yeah sword and scale does like gritty details that things like that thing like that like we are very much a podcast of of like kind of pop culture things and we also have like an interest in weird stories not just murder not just murder no so like the podcast is called Dial Femme for Murder, but we occasionally, like today, will discuss um, things that aren't murder. No. Well, like interesting cases. Yeah, things that are weird. Like like it says, I mean, it says in the description of our uh, podcast, um, focusing on the role of women and LGBT people in crime, conspiracies mm-hmm. and murder. So, yes, conspiracy, exactly. you know, if, if that's not what you're, what you're here for. Then don't let the door hit your big fat ass on the way out. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, and I love. Jane, what I also love as well is like they feel like it's a it's an airport and they have to announce. Yeah, they're like uh you know if you don't like something, just move on. And I shouldn't let it bother me. I really shouldn't. And it doesn't really bother me. I just I do find it annoying because there's plenty of things in this world that I don't like. See, I I don't feel the need to announce them every time that I dislike them. See, I used to work in customer service right so i and i used to love when people complained so if you would like to send hey or any complaints or any you know (laughs) please address them to our instagram which is at dial femme for murder and i'll be sure to reply with the finger up emoji middle finger and not my tiktok account no not just just send them to our we'll have all the hate because i i do the instagram and i love a bit of hate come on bring it on baby um so things that have happened in this week, we'd like to talk about things that have happened in this week in the popular mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're probably not going to, but you know Jojo Siwa. Yeah, I know who Jojo Siwa okay. is. Right. Anyone who doesn't know Jojo Siwa is she was on Dance Moms. She's like rainbows, um, like bows on everything, really glitter. Yeah, big into scrunchies. Uh huh. Yeah, and she recently came out, you know, welcome, welcome to the yeah. tribe. Um, yeah. She threw a pride party, right? And it was this... Oh, I saw yeah. this. So she did a vlog on it and it was all like pride party. What wasn't included in the vlog, that apparently a man in his 30s OD'd on LSD. What? A JoJo Siwa's pride house. party. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a good trip. In it? Could you... Oh, no, no. Could you imagine? It'd be too bright. It'd be like wake, waking up in, like, Willy Wonka's chocolate Oh, my God. Dahoon. Could you oh imagine? Like, literally, especially LSD. Like, come on. Yeah. I'd be freaking You out. would be tripping with all the rainbows and the bows and the unicorns. You'd literally yeah, be, like, be like, what Jesus, the fuck? You'd be like, oh, my God, where the hell am I? What's that would be... That would literally be insane. Wild. It would be truly insane. But that's all I know about that story. I just thought it was fun because you know it's um not fun that someone od'd they were okay they survived um Good. but just because you know it's jojo siwa and she's this cookie cutter you know rainbow girl and yeah, the little yeah. you know people were doing lsd in her party but nice, judging nice. by some of her outfits maybe she does lsd allegedly i'm not LA. saying that who knows who knows <laughs> get us into legal hot water i shall not um so speaking of i should have maybe i should have led with this so speaking of hate hate and hate crimes. Um, in um, in Pride Month, this month, a very heinous hate crime has happened. Is this Trisha Paytas leaving frenemies? No, I don't care about Trisha Paytas. It's okay. um, Ed Sheeran announcing a comeback. Oh. In no. Pride Month. <laughs> of all of the months. Of all the months. I mean, that's one, that's one good thing about, you know, Bojo extending the... Um, lockdown whatever things to mm-hmm. the mid of mm-hmm. june at least mm-hmm. i don't have to dance to a cheering in the club 
There's nothing worse when you're in the club, especially a gay bar, and then someone puts on Ed Sheeran. I'm like, really? I've forgotten what it's like to be at the club. Well, you're at the club. It's Well, you know how hot and sweaty you feel right now? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm actually okay. And I'll tell you why I'm actually okay. Because I'm just wearing a t-shirt. Nice, That's it. nice. That is it. No, I'm wearing little t-shirt shorts and I am very, like, sweaty. Sweaty Betty. Can we, can we please talk about Trisha Paytas leaving the Frenemies podcast, though? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Because, you know, it's very... I, I watched Frenemies and, you know... I feel sorry for Trisha Paytas because, um, you know, she's she's obviously struggling and I do feel for her. And I think that my honest opinion on the whole Frenemies deal is that that is a situation that should have been handled totally offline. Yeah. But unfortunately, you've got two people. Well, one more so than the other. Trisha Paytas is um, a lot more vocal. They're all Also, they're all about the clout. Like, come on, think about it. If this had been handled yeah. offline, it wouldn't have the effect it's had. Like, I saw a, yeah. I saw a video of hers. Um, and there were so many ad breaks on it. Yeah, there's, and I'm like, there's a lot. I'm like, honey, you're sitting here telling your truth, yeah. and you're reading in that money. It's heavily, it's heavily monetized. It's yeah, just, absolutely. I just don't. Know how I, I just think, that. I just think, she, you know, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to speculate on anybody's mental health. No. I just think that it's something that should have been totally handled offline. And like mm. some of the allegations that she, that well, Trisha is making now. Um, are like really serious yeah she has kind of accused um ethan of um being like a sexual harasser um saying that he's um that he's sexualized her and and that he um purposefully triggered her for uh drama and stuff on the show and it's like those are conversations that you don't have in front of your like seven million subscribers no like just log off at that point. I mean, Just log off. if the um, claims are true, I'm not. I'm not saying whether I believe they are or I don't think mm. they are. You know, you know, mm. doing it on YouTube is not the place to do it. You know, exactly. And like, it also looks like self sabotage as well yeah. because things were going really, really well, and now they're not, and it, it all just seemed to have like falling apart very very quickly so i don't know yeah. it, it's strange but it's an end of an era because i really love the frenemies podcast it was so much fun to listen to i can't say i ever indulged i loved it it was really good i'm not really a, it was really good and i'm not really a, i'm not really a massive forgotten. i'm not a massive trisha stan like thee I'm not a massive Trisha stan. I just, I, I think that Trisha Paytas is an interesting character in terms of like an internet personality because she is almost like a, um, kind of like an Anna Nicole Smith type character, but for like this generation. I guess right? so, yeah. She's somebody who, who has like very public, I don't, I don't want to say issues, but like incidents that are yeah. very, very public and her life is just kind of, everything's put out for consumption. Yeah. And that was very much with like Anna Nicole Smith, you know, like everything's very, very public. Anna, so Anna, really Anna, 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 Nicole, sorry, just... <laughs> sorry. I just find it really, I find it really interesting from that perspective of like, um, you know, I, I know that Trisha is non-binary. Um, she does use she, they pronouns. Um, but it's it's kind of like how the woman, the the media consumes um, somebody who is like how do I, how do I say it like female identifying or is like female presenting yeah um, like how the media kind of like 
I don't know because she does this to herself as well. She 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 doesn't help herself in in these kind of situations. I don't know. It, it's it's very it's very complicated and strange, and who knows how it'll play out. The only thing I have ever been interested in watching of Trisha Paytas is when she did a cover of um, Shallow. Oh god. From a Star is Born. That was beautiful. That was, <laughs> that was... Oh. Do you know what, right? That was that was truly iconic. iconic Speaking of iconic songs, I have to get this off my chest. I've shared it with you already and I've shared it with many people. I am obsessed with Ray of Light by Madonna at the moment. Nice. Like, I love Madonna. Anyone who knows me knows I am a Madonna stan. I stand for that woman hard, right? Yeah hard harder than i should right and the other day i was scrolling through tiktok what well i was gonna say definitely more than you should because she, she, she's like i don't know i don't what? know i'm not gonna say what? say it she's like she's i'm not gonna say it like oh she's problematic but like she's she is a little bit problematic she's had problematic moments some yeah. of the moments are a reflection of the time period maybe i don't know I am not. I am not going to, you know, go for bat, go to bat for her on on the things that I find that she does yeah. that are problematic. But I love her music. I love her, and I think a lot of people forget how much she did for the gay community in the late eighties and nineties, when nobody before it was essentially, I guess, cool. Nobody was talking about HIV and AIDS. Nobody, mm-hmm. and she and um, Tammy Faye Baker. Tammy Faye Baker. I actually wrote down about talking about Tammy Faye Baker because they've. Um, they're doing the TV series, aren't they? With, I saw it. Or is it a movie with it. Jessica Chastain? It's a film. It's a film. It's a film, yeah. yeah Eyes of Tammy Faye. Anyway, but yeah. someone on such a grand scale like that, not Cher wasn't talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. Madonna was so... All of her dancers were gay. Like, she lost a lot of friends to HIV and AIDS. So people forget that now just because she posts pictures well, of she her. Well, really she was really big in, like, the club scene in New York. Yeah, she was, well, she was. She used to go to, like, Paradise Garage and uh-huh. all the places like that and... Yeah, and she was um, she was friends with a lot of art people. She was friends with Andy Warhol, um, Keith mm-hmm. Haring. Um, but just because people see her put up a picture on Instagram of her face looking like she's been plumped full of 20,000 litres of saline, <laughs> they forget of how much she's done. So I just like to put that out there. But also, guys, Ray of Light, like, honestly, just just listen it is to a good, it. It's a good song. It's right? a good song. Without a doubt. I'm not, this isn't the first time I've heard it. You know, I love it. 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 But I put it on the other day and it was, the sun was shining... The fan was blowing yeah, on my vibes. face. Yeah, it's good vibes. Good vibes music. Oh, one last thing before we get into the story. Go on. I've got a dog. Oh, that's exciting. Do I need to pretend like I didn't already know? No, you can. You can. You, you can pretend that you did. You, 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 uh, yeah, I know you know, but maybe our listeners don't know them. They knew I was getting a dog, but now the dog is that's here. What's his name? I'm not going to dox him on the podcast. Please. Oh, I don't blame you. I Come on. Me. I'm a celebrity around these parts. too much harassment. I'm a celebrity. Everyone loves me. I'm going to be walking around the park. People are going, oh my God, that's the dog from Darfem for murder. I'll be like, no, that's, that's just true. me. That's true. I'm the dog from Darfem for murder. <laughs> oh, good lord. The hound dog. <laughs> you know the bird hound dog. Anyway. Right. Lord. I'm not going to lie. I'm like super sweaty. And that is the perfect segue. Because I am a sweaty Betty. And Barney Hill. <laughs> That's the worst segue I've ever heard. Okay. Right. I'll let li- no, I'll... no, no. I like it. It's okay. staying in. All right, okay, cool, it's cool. staying in because it because it's truly awful. So it's on okay. brand. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so um, this week we're not doing murder case. I thought that I would do something slightly less macabre. 
and um, talk about one of my favourite UFO abduction stories ever, and that's the case of Betty and Barney Hill. Now, I would like to say up front, um, just because I have realised in the past few weeks, that when you talk about cases, um, unless you stay up front that... You know, it's all alleged and this is kind of like an unsolved mystery kind of deal and there's no real proof. People tend to think that you actually believe it. Right. So I want to stay up front in this story. I do not believe that Betty and Barney Hill were abducted. Now, my heart wants to believe that they were, but my brain is telling me like, no, this is, you know, it's something else was going on here. And See, we'll kind of get into it because we'll break down some of the details. That would have been a great moment for a sing song, but it's just an awful song. You can't sing it now. What song? My mind is telling me no. My mind is telling me no. Oh, my body. My body. My body is God. Oh, yeah. Cancelled. Cancelled. Cancelled again. Well, yeah, anyway. Um... So yeah, I just wanted to state that up front because mm-hmm. I don't want to kind of be putting forward like abduction stuff and mysteries and, and things like that. Um, and people think that I fully believe in them because I don't. I just find them very interesting. Well, I've never heard um, of this story, so I'm an open Well, Betty book. and Barney Hill was actually the first big UFO abduction story to hit the news. And it actually propelled the phenomenon of um, UFO abductions into the mainstream. Right. So the reason why like abductions became like a th- popular thing is because of Betty and Barney Hill basically yeah now do you believe that UFO abductions are a real thing um I believe that UF I believe that aliens are real I don't believe that we're the only beings in the universe yeah abductions I'm not so sure yeah I mean I I know that I just said I definitively don't believe in it like I'm I'm not saying that like (sighs) It's a complicated one because, like I said, like my heart wants to believe in it because my heart desperately wants to, like, know that we aren't alone in the planet and there's something else out there that's like higher than us. I want but to believe. But it's like thinking about it exactly. But it's like thinking about it logically. Mm. Have they happened? I maybe maybe my maybe my um, opinion on it should be I don't know, and I find it very interesting. You're ag- you're what's the word? You're agnostic about alien abductions yeah exactly but I, f- I find them so fascinating to kind of like read about and talk about yeah so getting into this case um betty and barney hill were an interracial couple in 1961 and um they lived in new hampshire in the u.s mm-hmm. barney worked for postal service and betty was a social worker they were um, both part of the NAACP. They were very active in their community when it came to civil rights. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting as well that um, where they lived in New Hampshire was actually one of the few states not to have Jim Crow laws in place. Okay. But that's obviously not to say that life was easy for an interracial couple in the early no. 60s. Like, no. absolutely yeah. not. No. Um, so Barney worked the night shift at the post office. Um, and Betty also had... For- he was and um betty had a very stressful job um dealing with like a lot of child welfare cases um through her job as a social worker Mm -hmm. so the amount of stress that must have been on this couple is important to note up front because of what happens and and what they claim to have seen now they've been married for just over a year and they finally decided to go on a honeymoon to montreal um, and niagara falls with their dog delcy oh i have to say I think I think that dog's name is adorable. Delcy. Kind of, do you know what kind of dog it was? So cute. I don't know. I think it was um a 
Pujon. Oh my god, just like my little Pujon. I nearly doxed him then. I shan't. Absolutely. Right, carry on, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Is your dog called Delcy? If not, it's your No, dog. but I really wish it was now. <laughs> so, um, by all accounts, the um, honeymoon was like really good. And on the last night of like traveling back, and this was September 19th, 1961, they stopped at a diner in Vermont on their way home. And they kind of like just stopping off for coffee and stuff. And it was it was quite late at night um, that they um, stopped off. It was about maybe like... I don't know, like 9.30, in the evening. I mean, for me now, um, that's really late. Yeah, I know. Literally. <laughs> I was going to say, like, really late. I mean, it's not that late. But, like, you know, it, they kind of stopped off there and, and you know, did whatever. Yeah. And the weather in that area was getting pretty bad. And they wanted to get home to beat, like, the rains from a hurricane that was supposed to be coming their way. Right. So they leave the diner in Vermont at around 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. And at 30 p.m. in the Lancaster area of New Hampshire, Betty sees a bright light in the sky. Now, at first, she claims that she thought it was a falling star, but then she realised that it was actually moving upwards and it was getting bigger and brighter and moving quite erratically. That's what she says. Right. Now... Um, she asks Barney to pull over so that they can walk Delcy and also take a look at the light and see what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. So they pull over into like a scenic lookout spot yeah. um, on the mountain. So it, it, the, the area is kind of important to picture. It's like winding roads and yeah. mountains and trees everywhere and mm. that kind of stuff. And it's dark yeah. as well. I was just going to say that there, were, there wouldn't be any street lamps or anything out there. So it would literally be pitch black. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So Betty whips out the binoculars and describes seeing an odd-shaped craft with flashing lights. Right. Now, Barney was a World War II veteran, and he was also really into uh, watching planes, and he thought that it was just a regular plane on its way to Montreal. Right. But then the so-called plane rapidly descended into their direction. So they get in the car and they keep driving through the mountains towards a spot called Franconia Notch. And all the time they're driving, they claim to have kept their eyes on the craft and they allege that it was rotating and bouncing around in the sky, basically. But then they say that it rapidly descends right towards their car and it makes Barney stop in the middle of the road because he's so freaked out about it. Right. Which is mad. So they claim that this craft was hovering around 100 feet above their car. And Barney says later that it was pancake shaped. So we can kind of safely assume that it was your kind of stereotypical UFO yeah. shaped yeah, yeah, um, yeah. craft. Mm. So he does what any good American would do. And he gets his gun and his binoculars um, and gets out of the car and moves closer to the craft. Yeah. And when he's looking through the binoculars, he claims to have seen around, it's kind of, he, he says maybe eight to 11 figures that are referred to as humanoid. So right. what I'm already assuming is like little gray, gray men, basically. Yeah. Um, and he claims that they were looking out of the window of the craft and then they all moved towards the front of the craft, except for one of the figures that apparently communicated with him somehow, I think it was telepathically, mm -hmm. that he needs to stay where he is and like keep watching. Right. And he then claims that the craft basically opened up and approached him like even closer and it was about 50 feet above him and kind of very short distance away from him. Right. right? So... Um, 
he's freaking out mm. like anybody would. As and you would. He, yeah, you'd be like, what the hell? So he runs back to the car and tells Betty that they're about to be captured by whatever this craft is. Um, and he says that the craft moved above his vehicle and he just like pounds the gas. He wants to get the hell out of it. Um, but he tells Betty to keep an eye on the sky. So um, she's kind of like sticking her head out of the window, trying to track like whatever it is that is um, might be following them. Yeah. So both of them say that while they're driving, they hear a bunch of noises and the car is like vibrating and all of a sudden they get like a tingling sensation all over their bodies. And they say that this was the moment in which they went into a state of altered consciousness where they just aren't really aware of anything that was going on around them. Right. And then they say that there was another bunch of noises that kind of brought them back to reality to snap out of it. Right, okay. Only, only when they come back to reality, they find that they're 35 miles south of where they originally were, like where this all started, with zero recollection of how they got there. And they sit in their car? Like they don't, yeah, they're, they're in their car, but they don't know how they've driven 35 miles. Right. They Because they're like kind of, I, I would assume that they kind of like looked down and saw that they had done 35 miles or like pe- by where they were. Mm. They were like, oh my God, we've driven so far. Yeah. So they get home and they notice even more strangeness. Their watches don't work. The right. leather strap on their binoculars is torn. Barney's shoes are scraped. Um, and they both sit down and they draw pictures of what they think they've seen and they try to build some sort of timeline of what happened. Right. So they end up going to sleep and um, when Betty wakes up, she starts putting away her clothes and she finds that the shoes and the clothes she was wearing during the drive are damaged. So her dress was torn and there was some pink powder on her dress. Right. which was later tested, but they, I don't think that they ever found out what it was. Um, so when they inspect their car, they say that they found shiny circles on the trunk, which they claim weren't there before. And they did some sort of like experiment with a compass where they tried to like put it on there and apparently it was like moving it around or something, something like that. It was very bizarre. Oh, mm, spooky. Mm, very much so. So a few days go by and on September 21st, Betty decides to ring the the, um, local Air Force base to report what they saw. So the day after, um, Major Paul Henderson calls them back and gets more information from them um, for a report that he ends up writing up on September 26th that claims that what Betty and Barney saw might have been the planet Jupiter or some kind of strange, like, illusion, basically. Why the planet Jupiter? Well, because I think it was quite visible in the sky. I'm not. I'm not entirely. Yeah, sure. but it's not a pancake hovering above your car visible, is it? Uh, well, exactly. But he then forwards that report on to um, Project Blue Book. So, for anybody that doesn't know what Project Blue Book is, um, basically between 1952 and 1969, the U.S. Air Force um, was investigating unidentified flying objects. Right. And um, it's it's kind of uh, similar to what's going going on at the moment with the UAP report that's supposed to come out on the 25th of June. Right, okay. Um, but when um, when Project Blue Book kind of officially ended in 1969, mm. um, they concluded that the unidentified flying object reports weren't a threat to national security and that there was no proof of extraterrestrial activity going on. Okay. So it's just interesting to note. Yeah. Um, 
So around 10 days after their experience, Betty starts to have some weird dreams and she reports that they lasted for five consecutive nights in a row and then they stopped. And she said that she didn't dream much and that these ones were so vivid that she like they would just stay on her mind all day. Right. But seeing as they stopped after five days, Barney wasn't concerned about it and they just kind of dropped, dropped the whole thing really yeah. for a little while. yeah. So Betty goes on to get a book from her library by a uh, guy called David Kehoe, who wrote many books on the subject of UFOs. Like he's got tons. And he was also the head of the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, which I will be referring to from now on as NICAP. Can we not refer to it from Um, now on as Phenomenon? Phenomenon. I mean, we we can, but I feel like that... um, kind of defeats the point of it being an abbreviation. Okay, fine. Yeah, cool. You, you do you. Sorry. Yeah. More of an abomination than ah! an abbreviation. Oh, that's funny enough. That's what my mother <laughs> said when I was born. Oh, lovely. Love that for you. Dark. So, anyway, um, she... She ends up um, she ends up writing to David Kehoe to tell him the entire story. And she basically said that she and Barney were considering hypnotherapy to recover some of the memories from that night. And I think it's important to flag um, that recovered memory therapy is totally discredited. It's It's been completely debunked many times. Mm. Like It's so easy to plant false memories yeah. or to remember something that didn't happen, be it like... You think that you've something's happened to you, but it's something that you saw on TV that you didn't or even notice. Or it was a dream. Or a film. Or a dream. Exactly. Exactly. And like the the whole thing with like recovered memory and stuff, it's led to so many miscarriages of justice, especially mm. when you look at things like satanic panic and stuff like that, which I'm sure we'll cover on this podcast yeah. in the future. Absolutely. Um, so the letter that Betty wrote to David Kehoe was passed on to a man named Walter Webb who was also part of NICAP and he met with him on October 21st and they had a six hour interview which six is, hours? I think that's a long time considering that they yeah well I think that's a long time considering they don't remember half of what happened to them what, what did they talk <laughs> about for six hours maybe they just got on really intense, well maybe right? they got on really well and they like maybe. the same music it was like a house on fire who knows absolutely um but, you know, despite the fact they don't remember half of what happened, um, Barney talks about the humanoid figures on the craft and he starts to talk about this mental block that they both have. Mm. And Walter ends up reporting that um, they were... Te- this is like direct quote. They were telling the truth and the incident probably occurred exactly as reported, except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in any such observations where human judgment is involved. Well, I'm not I'm not going to lie. Now, they, in... they, they, went, they went to a guy who writes books about alien abduction, right? He's not going to be like, nah, they're full of shit. Exactly. So... Exactly. So it's going to, it's, you know, it's already a biased, already, um, biased yeah. person that they're, they're talking to. Because it's, yeah. it's somebody who wants to believe, exactly. right? Exactly. It's Mulder and so, Scully. So in November of 1961, two interesting things happen. Betty starts writing down what happened in her dreams and they also get interviewed again by NICAP. So I just want to give a brief rundown of the dreams that Betty um, Betty has and this is what she wrote down. So it says that they're driving and they come across a roadblock and small men surround their car. Small then men? She says small men, you know, yeah. the humanoid kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, humanoid yeah. figures. Yeah, yeah. Then she says that they're forced to walk through a forest at night by these small humanoid men. Um, she describes them as about five feet with blue uniforms, black hair, 
dark eyes and blue lips with grey coloured skin. Do you know what? I so like a grey, I guess, but like with, with black hair. I have never in my life ever thought of an alien as having hair. Me either. Like ever. It's a very human characteristic. Very. Too human. Mm-hmm. She also says um, that they walk up a ramp and onto the spacecraft and they are examined to see what the differences are between the humans and the small humanoid men on the craft. She claims that the examiner scrapes some of her skin off and puts a needle in her belly button. And at that point, she's like, oh, my God, it's so painful. She's howling in pain. Mm. And the leader apparently waves his hand in front of her and suddenly she feels no pain. Right? Right. So there's, like, this leader guy is is part of this group. And she then talks to the leader. Yeah, she talks to the leader and Mm. she picks up a book with strange symbols on it that the leader says that she can take home. Right. Um, And she describes it as almost like a map dotted with stars. Where's the book? And then... Sorry? Where's the book? Okay, well, we're going to get to that. Oh, okay, we'll sorry, 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 I'm jumping ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This, this is, it's a, remember, this is in her dream as well. Oh, okay, These are okay. the dreams that she said. Right. Um, so then, as her and Barney are being ex- escorted out of the ship, the leader says that she can't actually keep the book, and there's like a disagreement between them. So the book gets taken off her, and she says that they're then taken to their car where they watch the craft disappear, and then they carry on with their drive. Right. Now... These, remember, that's just dreams. So during their second interview with NICAP, Betty and Barney claim that they arrived home a lot later than they planned. So their drive was estimated to have taken, or should have taken four hours, right? Mm. The whole like length of their journey. But yeah. they arrived home in seven hours. Right. So there's around three hours of missing time, which they had no explanation for. And both of them said that they saw a fiery orb on the ground right mm. or like on the ground in front of them or something um and and they like they thought that it was the moon or something like or the people at NICAP thought that it could have been the moon i i think maybe because they kind of they may have seen it at the end of a road or it was yeah. something like, like that the moon or it on was the like horizon. the road yeah. yeah but apparently the moon had set a lot earlier than when they claimed to have seen it right so Betty decides that she really does want to get hypnosis to get to the bottom of what happened and Mm. all of this missing time. Um, But Barney's like a bit wary and he thinks that Betty's dreams are just her imagination, but he does end up agreeing to it. So in 1962, the couple decide to make quite a few trips back to the area because they're hoping to like jog their memories, but they can't actually find the site where they claim to have seen the orb or where any of this stuff kind of happened. Um, the first time that they spoke about this case publicly was on March 3rd, 1963, when they told their local church. And on September the 7th, uh, a guy called Captain Ben Sweat of the US Air Force made his second appearance at the church. So he had been there previously in 1962 and right. had spoken to the couple about potential hypnosis, um, but it hadn't really gone much further than Hold that. on, so an army general said you should get hypnotized well he was talking to them about like hypnosis and stuff and he said like i'm he basically said like i'm not qualified to do it you know i'm not whatever i do know what he said i do find it very fitting that his name is ben sweat i know right considering how far right now (laughs) i literally by the way just uh, full disclosure i took my top off so nice i love that for you i love that no top on so i'm just you know swinging in the breeze 
so Sweat comes back to lecture on the topic of hypnosis again and the couple tell him that Barney is currently seeing a psychiatrist mm. and Captain Sweat uh, suggests talking to him about hypnosis to recover their memories. Barney's psychiatrist refers them both to a man named Benjamin Simon in Boston and Betty and Barney meet him for the first time on December 14th, 1963 and their hypnosis began on January 4th, 1964. And it ended on June 6th of that same year. Now, Barney is the first to be hypnotized and he recalls seeing non-human figures and allegedly recalls that he kind of like kept his eyes closed for most of the time while he was being abducted and examined because he was so fearful. Mm -hmm. He also said that the strap on his binoculars broke when he ran away from the UFO back to the car. And he says that he drove away from the vehicle and then pulled off the roads and like drove into woods where he was eventually stopped by the humanoid figures. Now... Betty was also hypnotized and it was almost the same as her dreams except for the physical appearance of these humanoid figures and some of the events but it was like really minor differences. Did they have and hair? And I I don't think they did have right. hair in this one but We're I can't on remember 100%. Good good good. So but I think it's interesting to note that Barney and Betty's recollections were like almost totally consistent with each yeah, other so like yeah. no big difference in what they remembered. Hmm. But it's also important to note that these hypnosis sessions happened years after. So we're in 19, 1964 now, the beginning of 1964, and the abduction happened September 1961. So they have had like years to talk about the dreams and yeah. what potentially happened to them, like nonstop. Exactly. So the fact that they've the fact that they've got a very similar story at this point isn't very surprising. No, it don't really um, mean anything. Like you say, they, no. they could have been chatting about it. I'm pretty sure they exactly. talked about it quite a lot. Exactly. So like Barney remembers being examined and a lot of the things that he claimed to have happened to him during the examination are very similar to what Betty recalled in her dreams. It's like kind of being taken. It's kind of that thing, that kind of the joke of alien abductions. It's like being taken on a on a ship and probed. And probed, you know? like yeah. That, that yeah. kind of thing. But that's kind of, that's, that's basically what they're saying happened. Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure, but I feel like that may have come from this incident. But I, I don't know if there was one before it that was... Did they say they were probed? I thought they just said that they she didn't... Like, scraped her skin. Yeah, they didn't say they were probed, but they basically did like not experiments, but they were basically like probing their bodies to try and like find stuff. So like um, Barney said that he had something put over his genitalia to like basically extract his semen. But he was he. Yeah, basically they were trying to like get fluids and skin and hair from them and that kind of stuff. Gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. There's one thing I've learned. These UFOs are deadly bastards. Really? They truly are. Barney remembers being taken to his car and then they watch the ship leave and then he remembers a light appearing on the road like in the road Mm. this kind of orb figure thing that they saw and apparently he said like oh no not again so he recalled um betty's speculation the light might have been the moon though the moon obviously had set several hours later i'm sorry several hours earlier because there's been that buzzing noise that they say kind of jogged them in and out of this consciousness thing mm-hmm. he kind of tries to hit the car um and drives it from side to side and does all that like trying to um kind of induce whatever it is that that gave him this missing time essentially yeah yeah so remember the book slash map that betty was supposedly given mm-hmm. and um, then taken so away from rudely ex- exactly well betty described it as a kind of 
like hologram type thing. Right. It was like three dimensional. So Benjamin Simon encouraged her to sketch it out and she created her version of the map that had 12 stars like 12 large prominent stars that were connected by lines and then three smaller stars that made a triangle and she alleged that the stars that were connected by lines were trade routes for the beings that they encountered i'm not sure what they're trading well maybe they're trading with other beings Maybe. maybe. Maybe they're trading, like, maybe they're, skin. Or... I was just about to say, maybe they're training, trading all these, like, harvest things that they're harvesting from these bodies. Gross. Maybe there's, there's a market for everything these days. There really is. So Benjamin Simon basically thought that the recollection that Barney had was because of Betty's dreams, which right. I also think was the most likely cause. Like, yeah. they're too similar to be caused by anything other than, a, than either... A legitimate shared experience yeah. that happened, yeah. or a shared delusion. I mean, it would be different. And... Different if they, if these questions or, or this kind of stuff was asked literally straight after they were abducted, yeah, or exactly. if they didn't know each other exactly. and their stories matched, that would be different. But they've been exactly. they're married. They've exactly. lived together for years. I mean, I'm um, you know, sounds exactly. But given the evidence of yeah. everything, I think a shared delusion is more likely. Even though like, I still, I just want to believe that yeah. it happened and I want to believe that this is a real thing, mm. right? Mm. But Barney rejects this flat out and both of them like truly, truly believe that they have been abducted by aliens. Yeah. So in 1966, John Grant Fuller wrote a book about the couple called The Interrupted Journey and it contained Betty's drawing of the star map. Now, a couple of years later, a woman named Marjorie Fish, who was an amateur amateur astronomer, read the book and was like really fascinated with Betty's drawings and like just wanted to get to the bottom of it, basically. Mm. So she started to look into star systems and found one that matched the map. And that was of a double star system called Zeta Reticuli, which is about 39 light years away from Earth. That's an, that would be an amazing drag name. Zeta Reticuli, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Zeta Reticuli. Amazing. I love that. I and love then she that. could do a lip sync of, um, I lost my heart to a starship trooper. Absolutely. You've nailed it. This should uh-huh. be your drag, should, your, your drag name. I should do it. Do it. So her analysis and her analysis ends up being sent to the editor of Astronomy magazine, who doesn't endorse her findings, so he doesn't agree with it. But for the first time in the magazine's history, actually invites people's opinions and criticism and support of it. So the magazine ends up carrying um, a lot of uh, arguments that were either for or against Marjorie's analysis. And one of the people that got involved in it was Carl Sagan. Um, he argued with Stephen Sosa, who was another astrophysicist. I, I think he's still alive. He is still alive. Um, that Betty's star map was just totally random. And he also did um, an episode of the Cosmos about it. Because he had that big TV show yeah. called uh, Cosmos. Mm. And he looked at the stars that Betty had drawn and basically said, like, without the lines that Betty added on, it has no resemblance at all to Zeta Reticuli. And again, the, the, there's no kind of shared consensus on this. Some mm. people think it's very similar. Some people think it's totally different yeah. and that it's just random 
Some people also argue that it's statistically impossible that Betty Hill would have created something that is in any way similar than a star like a star system zeta reticuli. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's a whole big thing. I am not an astrophysicist, so Are you? I can't. No, sadly not. And I can't. I can't even begin to get into that because my mind will explode. Really? Because you give me. <laughs> you really give me Sheldon vibes. Is he? Wait, oh he's God. an astrophysicist, right? I don't. I, I don't know. You, you're you're referencing something that that you know makes my stomach I mean, queasy. It's called the Big Bang Theory. I guess they do stuff to do with planets. Probably, probably. But you know, it is one of the worst TV shows of all time. Well, yeah, it's terrible. It's awful. Absolute trash. Awful. So, sadly, Barney died in 1969 oh, no, not Barney. at the age of 46. Yeah, I know. Leaving that Betty widowed. She she never actually she never actually remarried. Um, and um, she mm. died of cancer on October 17th, 2004. She lived to be 85. Wow, she lived. So now, she lived a lot longer than Barney then. She lived a ton of a lot longer. Mm. So she actually went on to have quite a few more so-called encounters with aliens throughout her life. And she became quite a celebrity in the UFO world. And her niece actually was the one that created the Mutual UFO Network, also known as MUFON. (gasps) Yeah. That comes from Betty and Barney Hill. That's crazy. Yeah. And their abduction story has inspired so many like pieces of media over mm. the years, including episodes of X Files, and it's mm. been covered like so many times. And it's definitely one of the most popular of all time. But a lot of people don't buy the story, and there are quite a few theories as to what they may have experienced besides a possible UFO abduction. Right. Hit so. Me. Some people claim that the encounter was brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in the 1960s. Mm. Now, Betty discounts this and she says that their relationship was really happy, that they weren't stressed. Like, yeah, they have busy lives, but they were just like a regular couple, basically. Um, So I, I kind of discount that. I don't think that it was just the fact that they were an interracial couple that they had this experience. Also, it would be very, um, very strange that they would both have the same experience if it wasn't. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So um, another person that kind of got involved in, in kind of debunking it um, mm. was a man called Jim McDonald, who was a local to the area where the reported abduction took place. Right. And he started investigating it. And he says that the couple most likely saw an aircraft warning beacon on Cannon Mountain. So it's okay. mountainous area. So, yeah. you know, like the, the flashing red light, that kind of thing. Yeah, but that doesn't explain so, the pancake saucer above their car. It doesn't. But he said that when he retraced the couple's steps, like as they're driving down the mountain, he found that the warning beacon appears and disappears at the same points where Betty and Barney claim to have seen the UFO. Oh, right. Really? So you can imagine when you're driving at night, right? Mm. You're driving at night and you've got like the, the, the forest all around you and you're doing these like windy road stuff. Mm. And you've got that kind of beacon, say like a flashing red light. Yeah. And it, you can imagine as you continue to drive and trees are different um, heights and that kind of thing, mm. that light it would disappear yeah no absolutely it would kind of disappear in between the trees but then it would kind of show again and as you're driving as well especially with the movement it's gonna look like it's moving erratically yeah because you're driving and and there's movement in the car and Mm. your brain's gonna play tricks on you and it's you know that kind of thing yeah so i think that's actually quite um 
plausible mm. that that's one of the things they saw and here's another thing that i think is really plausible lots of people think that they were really really sleep deprived Probably. like they'd done quite a lot of driving mm. they kind of driven up to um the vermont i think it was that they were oh sorry montreal montreal's so they've gone over the border into canada they've done niagara falls and they're you know potentially really exhausted um and okay, they I mean, say that they were basically like delusional with tiredness at this point. But again, would they suffer from the same delusions? Mm. You know, that's also that's also really interesting. But then also, I, I guess if you're both as equally tired and really strung out and delusional, if someone turns around and goes to you, oh, my God, can you see that flashing beacon? Can you see that spaceship? Then they might be like, oh, my God, yes, I can. And then start believing it themselves, yeah. you know? But that doesn't, again, that doesn't account for, you know, where is this missing time? Is the missing mm. time a thing? Did they pull over? What, what were they doing in that time? What the, was going on? If it wasn't any form of, like, something out of this world, it, what was happening? It could have been, it, you know, those sometimes you do things and you just go on autopilot? Yeah, but you, but maybe you, yeah, but you maybe, kind of know, though. Maybe Betty fell asleep and Barney, like... Just kept driving. Maybe I reckon they maybe they pulled over and they both fell asleep and they pulled over further, like thirty five miles further than they were. Mm. So then, yeah. and they just don't remember because they were so tired, maybe, and they just fell asleep. I don't True. know. That's that's possible. Well, there's another thing as well. So um, when Barney um, did the hypnosis, he mm. did some drawings of um, some of the humanoids and they look like they've got these really kind of like stretched out eyes. They like wrap around eyes right. almost. Right. They're like really big and kind of like taking up half of the face. Yeah. In the early 90s, a writer suggested um, that his memories may have been influenced by an episode of The Outer Limit. Now, it was broadcast two weeks before his first hypnosis session. But Betty, again, adamant that they never watched it. They'd never even heard of it. Right. And they also, this journalist also said um, they referred to the 1953 film Invaders from Mars and said that potentially they were influenced by that. But again, that doesn't explain what initially happened. I just think they were probably super tired. Maybe the scratches and stuff from their car was where they... Who knows, right? They went out for a walk with the dog, right? Yeah. Dulcie. Dulcie. They probably caught their if they they probably caught their clothes on like bushes and trees and stuff. Like you know, I think I think the thing with this is there are plausible explanations, like the beacon over the road and everything else. Everything else that doesn't have a plausible explanation is a dream, or a regress or a regressed hypnosis memory what one thing i've always thought about alien abductions is i'm like why would they bother to bring people back why not just kill them what do you mean bring people back so they abduct someone do these experiments and then put them back on earth why bother well because they don't they you know they don't want to be because because nobody believes the people that have been abducted obviously i'm like surely it's like that it's like that bill murray meme you know like the one where like people are like i saw bill murray and he did this really mad thing and Mm. then he said well you can tell whoever you want no one's ever going to believe you (laughs) (laughs) that's terrible but but, you know like no but i mean more in a case of if i came to you and i was like i got abducted by aliens last night i would not believe you exactly you'd be like what the fuck how many cbd gummy bears did you take yeah did you fall asleep did you you take 12 cbds and watch an episode of x files that's what i'm saying (laughs) exactly 
No, I don't know. I I just think to myself, why would the aliens that are abducting the person not just kill them? Because they've got no. Well, look at look at me about to answer this definitively, like the ambassador. For Please aliens. do. Ack, but, ack, like, ack. but like, but like, what what purpose do they have for killing? What purpose? Do they, what purpose do they have for bringing someone back? None really. Exactly. But, I, mean, I guess. I, I guess people people that believe in it would argue that they're kind of like they they are kind of um, you know like they Betty and Barney were basically saying like they wanted to tell what the differences were between their species and ours. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. Like this is the thing that I think with like alien abduction. I'm always just a bit like, did you just have a? Yeah. Dream? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because it's so hard to prove, and it's like so many people believe that the this has happened to them. It's like mm. I don't want to, I don't want to discredit somebody's like entire life belief, but no. the, but the chances of something like this ever happening are incredibly, incredibly small. Like, imagine if like I just looked out my window and thought, imagine if like an alien ship was just hovering outside my window, being like, how small are the chances now, Martin? Well, I mean, it would be. It, be very exciting and again like that's why i wanted to um talk about this this case this week because um next week is it next week i think no I in think 10 days time yeah. oh it is the end of next week mm. um on the 25th they're releasing the report on um unidentified aerial phenomena because ufos have had a rebrand now yeah. don't call them ufos anymore it's uaps uaps um, but so many people are starting to talk about it in in a serious way and i think it's really interesting because like i have always been open and you know i've always had uh, some belief that we are not alone i've seen things that i can't personally explain i've been to area 51 twice and i've seen something above area 51 which i still to this day cannot explain i can't tell you what it is all i can tell you is it was a uap it was an unidentified aerial phenomena it didn't move like anything that i have ever seen Mm. and it's just a, such an interesting topic because I think there's no definitive proof, especially, you know, abductions and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It's um, it's very much up to your own belief. See, it, you know? I don't necessarily think that Area 51 is a alien thing, right? Yeah. I do, however, think it's some top secret military thing where they test shitloads of things that they shouldn't do and... Basically, do do. This is what I think. I mean, it's just a theory. I don't have any proof on it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, or maybe it's where all the dead celebrities that you know died young go, and they're not really dead, like Michael Jackson. Maybe. And Liza I mean, Minnelli. No, Liza Minnelli's not dead. I mean, Judy Garland. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> not Liza. You just never know. That that's the thing. You don't know. But I think it's really interesting to think about, and mm. that's the thing I like about kind of. You know, I try and stay away from most conspiracy theories nowadays because I feel yeah. like they lead you down an alt-right pipeline yeah. Yeah. where, like, one minute you're talking about, um, you know, JFK and the next minute you somebody's trying to recruit you for some sort of, like, weird, um, awful white supremacist group. Yeah. And everything always has, like, an anti-Semitic twist on it as well. I feel like Aliens is, is maybe one of the last places... Where you can kind of the like last you can talk about true it. true conspiracy. Yeah. 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 I mean, where you can talk about it with with people and, you know, 
I don't know. Could you imagine that? This is the thing. I feel like all conspiracy theories have been absolutely destroyed by like QAnon people. Could you? Could you? Could you imagine how the aliens would be treated if they visited the Earth? There are so many people I think, on this I earth think that are it, I mistreated think because they're different enough as it is. Imagine if aliens come in. We've, this is the thing, right? They could I think do... it'd be like that bit in Mars Attack yeah. where the um the guy gets the guns. Yeah, like getting the guns out. He's like, "Fuck this!" I'm yeah, gonna be like because especially in America, they'd be like, "We come in peace." They wouldn't even have a chance to get the word "we" out of the mouth before their plane or their spaceship was shot out of the fucking sky. Yeah, exactly. I agree. But they may not come in peace, and they may just come here to destroy the Earth. Um, Fuck around and find out. You know, let's find out on the twenty fifth of June. We'll see. I don't. I don't think that it won't anyone, be anything. You know, I don't no. think it's no. It's not. They're gonna say they'll they'll say that um you know we can't uh, we can't confirm or deny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that but we they, they'll 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 do like a thing of being like what they basically already have pretty much said like we can't confirm or deny, but we know it's not of human of this world or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like exactly. Well, unless you've got alien selfies like the Spice Girls did in Spice World, I don't want to know about it. Exactly. US government. That was really good. Like there are, so, like you said, there are so many different things that would have been inspired by this story. Like so many. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I recently watched the film The Fourth Kind, and that's very similar. Like these people have alien experiences and they do like regression therapy and stuff um yeah so it's it's inspired a generations really hasn't it absolutely when did the fourth kind come out uh like 2000 and i want to say like 2012 okay. like not that long ago it's nice. a good movie nice. highly recommend starring mila jovovich okay so shall we uh take a break Absolutely, I think it is time. I mean, not that that story was, you know, macabre or anything, but it was, you know, it was really interesting and freaky. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go to bed tonight, like, scared out of my wits. <laughs> Kidding, Harry. Um, for you. Honestly, no, alien, the aliens, aliens is something that actually kind of terrifies me a little bit. Like, just in. Why? Just... Why does it scare you? I like it because it, it makes me feel like maybe you know there's something beyond this planet and it makes i don't know anything that makes me think like the potential wait how do i phrase this anything that makes me think that there's gotta be more to life exactly like more to life and maybe this isn't just it and yeah. like maybe you know we don't just um work 60 years have like um 10 years of retirement and then die i don't you know? know about you but all i do is eat sleep rave repeat <laughs> I'm kidding. So I don't know. It's just e every um, every obviously alien movie I've watched, apart from ET, um, is like aliens are destroying the earth or aliens are trying to kill people. I'll give everyone a really good alien movie recommendation. It's called Life, and it's Life, Life, like the serial. Yeah, like what we're living. Like the Desiree song. Life or life. All life or life. All life. Do, 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 do. So it's um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, my husband. Of course it is. Of my course husband. it is. Jake, if you're there, if you're listening, slide into my DMs, please. Um, so it's about my husband, Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's basically about they, they get this life form from Mars, and then the life form goes crazy and kills everyone on board. It's really good. On the space station. It's very good. Anyway, nice. so take a break. So 
The title, this is a nice short one. So the title of this week's Take a Break is called Bum in the Oven. Right. Bum in the oven. Bum, like butt in the oven. Bum in the oven. Okay. So it starts with, the, the article um, starts with, this is Caitlin Jones, 20. Okay. From Paisley in Renf- oh. Renfrewshire. Paisley. Oh, whatever that is. Um, so, buttery pastry flaked apart between my lips. Beneath the flavour of salty porky mush exploded in my mouth. Oh my god! I already. What is this? It's like. It's like. Where did you get this? This is from a magazine. Some dodgy website. No, it's from a magazine called Real People. Oh my. As opposed to not real people, like we've just been discussing. Nothing beats a great. Who writes? But I just want to say. People get paid to write these. I know. Living the dream. Tell me more about that buttery, flaky pastry. So Caitlin continues, nothing beats a Greg sausage roll. What other hot, tasty snack could you pick up for just over a quid? She ain't wrong. She ain't wrong. Yeah, but the thing about, okay, I'm sorry. But the thing about a Greg sausage roll is it's like 70% rusk. That's true. That's true. That's why, like, that's why literally the vegan version of a sausage roll and a regular version of the Greg sausage roll, Mm. the meat filling inside, you can't tell the difference. The only thing you can tell the difference is the pastry. Yeah. Pastry, vegan pastry is just nowhere near as good as real pastry. Especially. No, it's not. You've got got to have the real real butter and it's it's have have the real effect. But in, in terms of like a meat thing, I don't, you know, I don't eat much mm. meat anyway I yeah. wouldn't, and I wouldn't, wouldn't eat pork but um, you know it, yeah. the vegan meat tastes exactly the same Isn't it? identical identical anyway Caitlin continues by January 2020 I was on at least a two sausage roll a week habit from Greg's Right. Which is going to take two a day. No, two a week. It's not that bad, let's be honest. So, um, basically, we got locked down. You know, lockdown happened, coronavirus hit, and Caitlin was very sad because, you know, other people were longing for the pubs to reopen, but all she wanted was Greg's to pull up their shutters. That's all she wanted in life, Caitlin, 20 of Paisley, Renfrewshire. Mm. So this July, she missed her sausage stack so much that she contacted a tattooist on Instagram no you think this is mad i wrote but i just want the greg's tattoo greg's logo tattooed on my bum no uh-huh buzzing to do oh, it this is you're this a legend he most, replied this is one of the most disturbing stories i've mm, ever heard mm, mm. absolutely so as as if to reward her dedication to greg's the local greg's popped up on just eat at only one pound fifty delivery Bargain. So she I was both. She was splashing the cash on sausage rolls, steak bakes, donuts, and she still have change home from left over from a fiver. Oh, Delighted, she filled her boots and belly, as anyone does. On the fourteenth of September, she headed to the tattooist. It was her first tattoo as well, right? Oh my god! This woman literally got the Greg's tattoo. Like mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Yeah. Yeah. So after her tattoo, so only th- any, can we just say because we've got a lot of American listeners, and I yeah. know that they listen. Yeah. Um. So how would you describe Greg's to an American? Like, what's the U.S. equivalent? But, I don't think there is. I a don't US know. Panera? No, Panera's like no. no. Like a 
basically no Amer it's basically like a shop that sells like sweet cakes and pastries so for example we're talking about a we're talking about a sausage roll here in america i think you call these pigs in blankets right well it, it's kind of it's like a chain store there's like hundreds of yeah. like thousands probably across the uk and they just sell like but they sell beige food basically pastries it's cakes cheap, sandwiches yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah cheap beige food is what it is um it's like the dollar store, the dollar tree of like food. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Of warmed, warmed, warmed goods. I will say one thing though, they do a very delicious custard donut. I'm not going to lie. They do They do a really good Belgian bun in there. Oh, well. some of the stuff in there is so good. So anyway, Caitlin, after her tattoo, she pulls up her knickers and she's staring into the mirror over her shoulder. She her knickers? She pulled up her knickers apparently. Pulling up her knickers, she stared into the mirror over her shoulder and grinned at the Blue Greg's logo, staring back at her from her behind. Beneath was their tagline, always fresh, always tasty. <laughs> I can't imagine imagine if you were like if you were like oh my god caitlin i'm falling yeah. in love with you and she was like oh no babe i want to wait i want to wait i want to wait then yeah wait, then you wait and you find that you're the woman that you love the woman of your dreams mm. has a fucking greg's logo tattooed on her ass on Ooh. an ass cheek and not just that a fucking tagline as well always fresh what the hell? always tasty Caitlin, I'm sorry, I don't think you'd be listening to the podcast, but if you are, you are insane. She is, Seek she truly help, is. Well, apparently she's reaping in the rewards. Apparently she's reaping you know the rewards. Because last time she ordered... How is... Well, how is that? How is how is Caitlin getting the Greg's logo on her butt any different than, like, um, you know, it's, oh, somebody who I went to uni with um, who was, like, you know, like, super cool. He was, mm, like, really, mm. really cool and, like, into, like, really cool music. Yeah. He'd go to, like, underground punk shows. Yeah, so He cool. had um, a stick and poke on his knee that just said KFC. So it's not that much difference, really. I mean, um, I think it is a little bit different because she's got the full-on Greg... I'll put a picture on Instagram for everyone. She has the full-on Greg's logo on her butt. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like there was a guy at my uni who got who got the words, and this just made this is the kind of guy he was. He got the words "your name" towed on his bum, so he can go. I've got your name towed on my arm. Ew. Vile. Anyway. What's wrong with people. People are the worst. So Caitlin is apparently reaping the rewards of this Greg's tattoo because the la she? last time she ordered from Justy, no, customer now. Well, last time she ordered from Justy, they threw in some free shortbread. Is that it? I yeah. would expect it to have like a Greg's black card. Well, you know, I mean, it's Greg's, you know, a free shortbread is, you yeah, know. Yeah, but... Anyway, she's... I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be, I would be annoyed, personally. Well, she is toying now with getting a sausage roll on the other cheek. No, oh my mm -hmm, God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, she, she, no. So, Kate. To reach out to her and be like, you, honey, you don't have to do this, Caitlin. Maybe she just loves Greg's. That's like a lot. I don't care. She loves Greg's. She needs to not. Well, anyway, she's got a son. She's got a little one year old son called Brady. Oh. And she says that if Brady, when he's older, is embarrassed by mum's bargain buns when he's older, Belgian buns, even, sorry, he should count himself lucky I didn't have my Greg's brainwave when I named him. I'm not being funny, but it'd be oh. better to name your baby greg than to have the tattoo of the greg's logo on your ass would it, would it, though? um would it? I, I would like to apologize on behalf of emily for any listeners that are called greg 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm offending huge swathes of people. Are people in America? Like, are, do people, do people, are there people in America called Greg? Yeah. Really? Loads. Oh, I'm yes. getting confused with Craig. 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 Yeah, they call it Craig. Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist. Craigslist. Lol. Anyway, so that was the story of Caitlin's Builder's Bum, apparently, whatever that means. Why Builder's? I don't know. I honestly, I just want to gouge out my fucking ears after listening to I kind of want to hang out for a little bit. It's so, it's so unsavoury. Oh, lol. Oh, God. <laughs> enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. If you're in England, enjoy the sweat. Don't worry, it's going to rain towards the end of this week. It is going to rain. Rain. If you're not in England... I'm looking forward to that. And I envy you for not being in England. Because this country is run by fools. It is run by fools. A ship of fools. A ship of fools. Ships passing in the night. On that note, I will say a good night. How's that for a catchphrase? (laughs) Awful. Okay, all right. Okay, bye everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.